0: Good to see you guys all today. How's everybody doing? Good, good. I'm so happy to have you guys all here at church. I'm so happy to share this message. Uh, We're so thankful for all of you guys who are with us. And I just want to say hi to our, our online audience as well. If you're watching from another part of Portland or if you're watching in Arizona, our friends over there in Arizona or Alaska, we're so glad you're joining us. And today's actually a very special day for me Um, because I have a group of my old youth kids from my very first church, from the Glendale Korean Church. They got together to watch today's service with us. So I just want to say hi to you guys. So glad that you're with us and joining us for church. It means a lot that you're here with us. Maybe not in the same place, but in spirit, we're all worshiping together. Um, Happy Sabbath guys and welcome to Rock Fellowship. Today is a standalone message and what that means is it's not a part of a series. So if this is your first time here or if this is your first time joining us, this is a great weekend to be here because you're all caught up. You're in the same place as everyone else. And so today's message is really just like just by itself. Next week is going to be cool because next week is kind of our celebration of VBS uh, service. So as you can see, um, this is not my usual background. We don't usually do this at church. We don't usually, I'm not usually preaching in front of a castle. Uh, we usually don't have flags and stuff. But it's amazing, right? Isn't this so cool? We risked our lives to do this, guys, by the way. Okay, me, Pastor Jonathan, literally risked our lives to make this happen. But next week is v- Vacation Bible School. So we're pumped for that. And then we're going to conclude the weekend with a big service celebrating VBS, inviting people who come to VBS to worship together. And so that's going to be a really awesome service next week. We're going to get out to see all the kids and all all the cool things that they did. Uh, we're going to listen to some of the songs that they sang, which are really, really good. The songs are really, really, really good. So that's what's happening next week. Now today, um, as I mentioned, it's a standalone message. But this message is really for anyone who is wondering about what it means to be spiritually mature. All right? This message is about anyone who's like, okay, I've been in the church for a long time, and I've been at the same place for a long time. I want to get to the next level. This is who I'm talking to today. And if you're in that place, I'm, I'm so glad you're here. If you're at a place where you're like, I'm just trying to figure out the basics, then this is going to be good because it's at least a road map. That you know where you're going to go. Now, here's the thing. I'm pretty sure what I'm going to share with you is going to, number one, surprise you, and then not surprise you immediately, Right, like it's one of those experiences, I think what I'm going to share with you, what God is going to share with you today, you're going to be like, oh, oh, okay. Right, like it's going to be surprising, but at the same time you're going to realize maybe it's actually not so surprising. But if you're in that place, you're like, man, what's next for me spiritually? How do I like grow more than where I'm at? Like this is the, this is the right day to be here with us at church. Um, let's have a word of prayer and let's, let's begin. Father in heaven, I thank you so much. Just for everyone in this room and everyone watching online, and I don't know what you want to do today. Um, you put this message on my heart, and so I give it to you. Father, do your thing. Reach people in the way that you want to reach people. Father, speak to those who need to be spoken to. Maybe it's not for everybody, but for those that you know who need this, Father, I pray that there will be no distractions, nothing in the way. Challenge us and, 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 and help us to see, God, what you want us to see today. In your name we pray. Amen. So back in January, um, actually even before January, we had a board meeting. And uh, in the board meeting, what was discussed was that in January, we'd be having our second child. And so in January, we had our second child, Hazel. uh, And the board was so awesome, right? Like our leaders are so awesome in this church. They're like, Pastor, trust me, with two kids, like it's no joke. It's going to be really hard. So I think you need a break. And I was like, oh, are you sure? Is that okay? And they're like, yes, please take paternity leave. And then I was like, what? Paternity leave? Is that a thing? Right? Like, I didn't even know that's a thing. And so the board offered me five weeks of paternity leave. And I was like, that is amazing, right? And that's why in January to, like, end of February, you didn't really see me because we're focusing on, on, on taking care of our baby, supporting my wife and tracing all that kind of stuff. Now, after those five weeks, I started preaching again. And the consensus was, Pastor, your sermons are better now than they were before. I don't know if I should take that as a compliment or an insult. I don't know. But I was like, cool, man. And they're like, yeah, after that five-week break, man, you like your sermons have changed and you did something different. And it's like, man, they've been really, really good. I'm like, praise God. And, and so for me, one of the things that I like to think about in church and in my ministry is not just like, oh, why did things go wrong? Why did things not, Why are things not good? I also like to think about when things go well, why did they go well so I could continue to repeat that, right? So if we have a great program, we got to talk about why did things go well so that we can continue to repeat it. And also, if it doesn't work, we can know what's wrong with it. So I was thinking, why, why is it that I think people are really enjoying the messages more after my my, my paternity leave. And this is my conclusion. The one thing that changed was I started being way more mean in my sermons. I started like calling people out more and getting like really in your face. And then apparently y'all like that. You're like, yes, yell at me and scream at me and tell me that I'm doing things wrong. I was like, y'all are weird, but you guys really like it when I like get in your face. All right. So um, today I'm kind of going to do a little bit of that. Like I think you guys like to be challenged. You don't want to just come to church and feel good. Apparently you want to feel bad after you leave church. So we'll see what happens today. But I was reading the book of Hebrews and This book, man, there are some parts of this book where I would never even say what he said, right? Like, I want to take a look at a verse. It's Hebrews uh, chapter 5, verse 11. Give me one sec. Hebrews chapter 5. uh, Let me go back. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11. But listen to this. You, there is much more we would like to say about this. He's like talking about some spiritual truth. But it's difficult to explain, especially because you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. I was like, oh, geez. Like, this is some strong, strong words, right? Like, imagine if that's what I said to you guys. I walked up today and like, hey, listen, you guys are dull. You are spiritually dull, and you never, ever listen. Like, that'd be like, I feel like that's a little bit too far. Like, you guys might be like, okay, Chris, are you okay? Like, do you have a bad week or something? Something going on in your life? But the, the, this, the author of Hebrews, he gets really strong here, and is like, you guys are spiritually dull. And the reason why he calls them spiritually dull is because of what he says in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12. He says, you have been believers so long, like, you've been believed in the church for so long Now that you ought to be, you should be, but you're not, be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again. And this is the really important concept for today's message. The basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. Man, he is getting real and he's like getting in people's faces here. You are spiritually dull. You should be helping other people but you're not. You don't even understand the basic teachings. We have to talk about the basic stuff again. Like again we have to deal with all those kinds of things. You don't you don't you don't realize it. And 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 and, and you're you're babies. You're babies in the faith. So spiritually dull equals babies. Immature equals babies is what he's saying. And you can't even eat solid food. You need milk. Because why? You haven't really got a grasp of the basic things about god's word okay so so like i was thinking about this and i was like oh man this is like really really tough stuff so so we we need to understand right what is he talking about what are the basic things about god's word so i want you guys to think about what what do you think those things are right what are the abcs of faith what are the abcs the building blocks the one two threes of the christian faith of the bible like what would those things be like oh maybe it's that uh, the Bible has how many books? 66 books, 39 in the Old Testament, 27 in the New Testament. Some of you guys are like oh I, I didn't even know that, but now you do. Okay, 66 books, 39 Old Testament, 27 in the New Testament. Uh, is that is that the ABCs? Like is that the basic things about God's Word? Uh, maybe it's creation. Maybe it's the stories, right? Because that's what we teach in Sabbath schools to our kids is, like, all the stories. So, like, Abraham and Noah, Jonah, like, maybe those are the basic things about God's word that we need to learn. Maybe it's like the history of Israel, I don't know, like the overarching story, like that's the really general, like Israel, the fall, and and, and and how Israel is formed, and then the exile, then Jesus. Is it the gospel story? Is it Jesus coming to this earth to die for us and save us? Is, is it that? Are those like the basic teachings? And then, and then you kind of have to wonder like, okay, if those are the basic teachings, then what are... I'm hoping you're wondering what are the advanced teachings like what's the next level what's maturity in the eyes of the author of Hebrews what does it mean to take the next step and move on to the next level if like the gospel and those things are basic like what's advanced like when you think about advanced teachings of the Bible what are you thinking about maybe you are thinking about eschatology which is a fancy word for like the end time study, right? Like Revelation, Daniel, 2300 days, uh, the, the seven trumpets, seven seals, like bowls of wrath. Like maybe it's, it's those kinds of things where you're like, oh man, I don't know anything about that stuff. Maybe it's like, it's soteriology, which is probably a word that many of you have never heard before, which is the study of salvation. Like, how does salvation actually work? Imputed righteousness, imparted righteousness, right? These are like fancy, fancy words and that kind of stuff. Are those the advanced teachings of the Bible? Like, what, what are the advanced teachings? Maybe it's like, maybe it's more practical in nature. Maybe advanced teachings are like, not living in sin anymore right like learning the things that will help me to overcome sin in my life like i'm so angry and i keep yelling at my my friends and my kids or i keep disobeying god i keep falling into the same traps maybe like advanced teaching is being able to overcome that and get away from that or maybe it's like living by faith every day right some of you guys like no that's the answer advanced teaching advanced next next level stuff in the bible is learning how to live by faith which would be a really good answer Every single day, put my faith in God and trust in him and, and live like that. Maybe it's evangelism. I don't know. I wonder if this rings about, you know? Basic teachings, advanced teachings. I wonder if this is kind of what we're thinking of. Thankfully, the author explains, okay? Listen to what he says, okay? In Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. He says, surely, and he explains in a very, like, sassy way. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of Repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. You don't need further instructions about baptism, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. That list he just listed is what this author believes are the basic teachings about the Bible. Repenting, repenting from your evil deeds, that's basic according to this guy. Like, overcoming the sin in your life like the 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 lies or that that the gossip or the the lust in your heart the anger like getting rid of that that's basic according to this author and then what else did he said like understanding baptism the laying on of hands resurrection of the dead that's basic stuff guys i don't i don't know about you but i don't know how resurrection of the dead works like what are the mechanisms of the resurrection of the dead I mean, Jesus said it happens and it's going to happen, but is is that it? Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know all about resurrection. That I've never seen it. I don't know how to do it. Do you guys, anybody know how to do it? Because if you know how to do it, you should be up here on, at church talking to us. Because you should be up here, man. Because I don't know. He talks about eternal judgment, like all the concepts of God's judgment, like why does judgment happen? When does judgment happen? How does judgment happen? Like what is the point and purpose? What about judgment in the Old Testament? Versus, Like these are complicated ideas, but this author says these are what? The basic stuff. This is the basic teachings about God. And so when I read this, I was like, wait, 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 what do you mean? I don't know any of these things, so, so maybe I'm not even a baby, like I'm a fetus, you know what I mean? I'm like in utero spiritually, I haven't even been born yet, because I don't understand a lot of these things, and most likely, most of us don't understand these things as well. So what are you saying? We're all basic? And if that's what's basic, then you know what the question, right? What's the next question? So what's maturity according to you? What does it mean to be spiritually mature according to the author of Hebrews then? And this is what he says. And it kind of surprised me. Um, he says in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10, For God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you have worked for him and how you've shown your love to him by caring for other believers, believers as you still do. And then he says, Our great desire, sorry, Our great desire is that you will keep on loving others as long as life lasts in order to make certain that what you hope for will come true. Then you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent. So he closes that little statement saying, then you will not become spiritually dull. Meaning, if you do the things that I just talked about, if you experience and learn the things I just talked about, that will prevent you from being spiritually dull. Meaning, the things that I talked about, that is maturity, not understanding eternal judgment. Resurrection of the dead, overcoming your sin, putting your faith in God. Those are basic. If you do the things I just talked about, then you will not be dull. Then you will not be a spiritual baby. And what, what were those things? It was caring for other believers and loving others. According to this author, caring for other people and loving other people, that is the advanced teachings of. Of God's word. Not all these crazy, complex theological concepts. Caring for others and loving others. That will keep you from being spiritually dull. He's like, you got to learn all that stuff. All those fancy concepts. But that's level one. Loving people, that's level two. Level two is caring for one another. Loving people like Jesus. Now, for some of you guys, the reaction in this moment is either, wow, that's crazy. I totally got tricked, right? Like, I totally thought that all those fancy things, that was advanced, but really the advanced stuff is loving people. Wow, that's amazing. That blew my mind. That's one reaction. And looking at your faces, most people are not having that reaction. Or, most likely, your reaction is, oh, that's it. So it's just love people? And, like, you know that's true, and you know that we're supposed to do that, but you're like, oh, okay, so, like, all that stuff, all you're telling me to do is, like, I just got to love people. Well, I do that, so, like, I'm good, right? And some of you maybe had a third reaction where you were, like, a little bit disappointed by what I just shared. Because when we were talking about spiritual maturity, you're like, yes. Like, tell me how to be spiritually mature. Like, tell me the process. Tell me all the hard stuff that I got to do, all the things I got to figure out, and I'm going to become spiritually mature. And you were expecting something mind-blowing. You were expecting something deep. You were expecting something very complex and complicated. And you wanted to be introduced to these, like, these concepts of, like, the nature of God, the nature of reality, the nature of life and faith, or, like, something really, really crazy and then I'm standing here and I'm saying, listen, if you want to be spiritually mature, you've got to love people and you're disappointed. Like, I've heard this a million times. I've heard this so many times. And you thought, oh, this is just, have you guys ever thought this before? Let's be honest, right? Have you ever came to church, listened to a sermon, and you've been to church for a long time. And the thought you had was, oh, this is just another love people sermon you thought that before? I've thought that before. Oh. oh, give me something better, man. Give me something deeper. Give me something that I never knew before. I want you to show me something in the Bible that is so crazy that it's like, wow, that's amazing. I never heard it that way. I've never thought of it that way. But then you're like, oh, this is just another love sermon. I already do that. I already love people, man. Like, I love my family so much, so I'm good. I'm like, I'm pretty kind, right? Like, I, I, do, I, do the, I do the right things. And so as I was, like, thinking about this, and I get this, right? Like, I understand this so much so that as a pastor, as I prepare sermons, I try not to end the sermon with just love people. I try not to do that because I know how everyone's going to react and be like, oh, just another love sermon. I know how people are going to respond. Like, Pastor, you're kind, of, you're kind of, like, lazy this week, huh? Like, you didn't study very hard, and you didn't really try very hard. And you must have written this sermon last night, Friday night. You finished it at, like, 4 a.m., and you didn't know what to do, so you just said, all right, just love people. Like, I get that, right? Like, oh, that's just the answer. That's just the easy answer, right? Like, in, in, in preaching, or for me, it's like, that's low-hanging fruit. But if I really think, if I really reflect, if I really figured out, I can come, out, come up with something better for you guys. So I understand kind of like that, that, that difficulty of hearing just, just another love sermon. And usually we think that loving people is kind of the basic stuff because we all do that. We're all kind. You're all good people. I know you and like you're fantastic, right? I do that. And then the advanced stuff is like the eschatology, the judgment, the soteriology, all these crazy concepts the prophecies. But as I was thinking about this, God gave me a thought, and, like, God got in my face, man. When I was like, this, this is really, this sermon is really coming just from, like my own personal devotion. And while I was reflecting it, God got in my face. He, like, stepped up, and he was like, listen, Chris, <laughs> Pastor Chris, listen up, man. And he, sa- he, sa- he has shared something with me, and I was like, okay, okay, I get it. And so now I feel like I have to do it to you, okay? So listen up. You, and if you get offended by this, it's not my fault. God told me to tell you this, all right? If you think loving others is basic, then your love is basic. I got chills, guys. I got chills right now. If you think loving others is basic teaching, then the probably most likely the way you love people is basic. And when I say basic, I mean it in the uh, current-day, modern-day slang, which some of you people may not know, you slang-challenged folk. I'm not one of them. I know everything. Um, But basic in our world, in our slang, means unexceptional and mainstream. If you basic, that means you're just like like everybody else. So if you think loving people is a basic teaching and you're disappointed by, quote-unquote, another love sermon... Your love is basic. And the way you show God's love to people is probably basic. And you're probably like, what are you talking about, Chris? I am nice to employees and workers at restaurants. I tip well. I love people. I occasionally give money and and things, and that's fantastic. And I'm like, I know you do, and you are good people. I totally get that. Right, you love your families, and you're like, I love my kids, and I even love other people's kids, right? Like, I'm in this church, and I love that kid, and that kid, and that kid, and Hazel, and Miles. Like, Miles, not so much, but Hazel, oh, I love Hazel. Hazel's so cute. Hey, man. Sometimes he actually understands and calls me out on stuff that I said, but... But like you're like, oh man, like I love kids, I love people, I serve in church, I do all the things like I'm sacrificing, right? Like I'm on the VBS team, I risk my life to decorate this room. It's crazy. I've been working here every single day. I've been like, you know, a couple of our families, like a couple of our people have been eating like every single meal here, like they live at church right now. Like I love people, I love the church. What are you talking about? I love more than the average person. I love people more than most people do. But here's the thing, guys. Jesus did not command us to love better than other people. He didn't command us to love like everyone else. He commanded us to love people like he loved people. So your love and my love... It's basic, guys. And he's like, this is the advanced stuff. If you want to be spiritually mature, begin to love people like I loved people. And, like, that's really hard. If we think about it, that's really hard. If you take a moment to think about the way Jesus loved people and you think, I have to do that, that then you would be like, oh, that is advanced stuff. That is next level because I don't know. If I can do that. And you probably can't. And that's why you need Jesus, guys. That's why you need the Holy Spirit in your life. Because you can't do it and I can't do it. But we hear this, this concept is repeated again in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. That famous love chapter. Like everyone loves the love chapter. Love is patient, love is kind. You know what I love? I love the verses right before. The the verses right before say this, and Paul says this, If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I could do something amazing and speak all the languages, like i translate anything, and the language of angels, whatever that means, I would just be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. The apostle Paul agrees: loving people like Jesus, that is advanced. All the other stuff is good. It's good to know the Bible. It's good to know eschatology. It's good to know prophecy. It's good to know complex theological concepts. It's good to understand the sacrifice of Jesus. It's good to overcome faith and, and, and put your, or overcome sin and put your faith in Jesus. But if you don't love like people, like I love people, it's all pointless. Me standing up here giving you sermons, talking about all these things, pointless if you and I don't leave this room and love people and care about each other in this room and care about people outside this building. It's all meaningless if we do not love. If, our, if we think loving people is basic, it means our love is basic. Now, I do want to give you guys handles, right? Like, I want to give you guys something to do and this week, we have this amazing opportunity to practice this. Because next week, we have Vacation Bible School. And this is the first Vacation Bible School we've done in over a decade. It's crazy, and that's probably why it's so insane, because we haven't done it for so long. But this is an amazing opportunity for everyone in this room and everyone watching online, right? There's, there's a role for every single one of us to love people. Now, here's what you guys need to understand about Vacation Bible school. I think at this point, maybe more, but roughly around 85 kids are registered. 40 kids are not from this church. 26 of those kids have no church affiliation whatsoever. Okay, like, let's just, like, think about that, all right? 85 kids, 40 do not attend this church, but 26 of them have no church affiliation at all. So when I was back in in, in L.A. in my previous church, we had a very, very, uh, very, very developed and rich Vacation Bible School program. It was, like, going on every single year for, like, the last, like, 20 years. Like, I did it when I was in high school, and I did it when I was a pastor, right? And it, it grew so much where we're getting over 100 kids. More than half were coming from the local community in East L.A., Right, so we had a ton of these kids, Latino kids coming to the church, right, and we're doing vacation Bible school. And it was awesome. I loved it. And I was like, this is so hard, and this is so tiring, but this is so worth it. Right? Like, that, was, that was my mindset. And, but through that experience, I've always saw vacation Bible school, like this is a service that we're providing for our neighborhood. Like this is something good that we want to do for the kids of our community. And this is a, a, a way to reach out and love people and stuff like that. But I never felt convicted that doing, doing this would lead people into our church community. I didn't really think that. You know, we tried, but I never really got my hopes up because it's just a lot, a lot of different things. I was praying this week. Um, the pastor, our pastoral team, uh, every week we have a prayer meeting together. We sit in these pews and we pray for the church. And, and a lot of times we, we go to every single pew and we pray over whoever would sit in this pew. So wherever you're sitting, someone prayed for that pew, by the way. Well, we got together and we prayed. And, and in my prayer time, I, I just like wanted to listen to God. And, and here's the, God gave me the sense that gave me conviction that because of this week, because of Vacation Bible School this week, our church is going to grow. And, like, that's kind of scary for me to say because, like, uh, who knows, right? But, but I, I had this sense, God says, because of Vacations Bible School, if you all do your part, I will lead people into your community, and people will be blessed by it, and they're going to come. And I, I don't say stuff like that, guys. I don't, like, I don't say that stuff just, like, willy-nilly, right? But the thing that God put on heart is if you play your part, Chris, and if your church and all the kids and the leaders play their part. So here's what I'm trying to do. Here's what I'm closing with, guys. This is the last thing. I'm going to tell you guys all your part. And if you're watching online, you have a part too. So there's uh, basically three groups of people. Three groups of people. It's the people who are not actually going to attend VBS. And I'm going to start with you guys. You have a part to play. You have two things I'm going to ask you guys to do. The first thing is you need to encourage the people who are helping out at Vacation Bible School. All right. I want you to text people this week, how's VBS going? You guys are awesome. You guys are killing it. I bet it's fantastic. I want you, if you're not attending VBS, encourage the people who are serving and helping out. Maybe offer to buy food. Bring some drinks over, you know, if you have some free time. Encourage the people who are serving all these kids. We need it. We need it, okay? So that, that's your part. That's part of your part. The second is I need you guys to pray for Vacation Bible School. If you're not going to be here, pray for it. Please. Pray for our Vacation Bible School that God moves through Vacation Bible School. Can you guys do that? All right, if you're not here, if you're not physically here and you got work and whatnot, pray. Pray and encourage us. Because we need it and we need the power of God through this week. All right, that's the first group. The second group is the leaders and the volunteers. So we got a ton of you guys here, leaders and volunteers for Vacation Bible School. Here's what I need you guys to understand, all right? And it's like a little bit sad, but it's also important that we understand this. Vacation Bible School will end. In one week, it's going to end. But we will still be here, and you will still be here. All the decorations, as, much, as hard as we work, they're coming down eventually, I know, I'm sorry, set team, I know, but they're going to come down eventually. We can't leave this up all the time, right? Like, what is this, medieval times? Like, that's not what we're doing here. It's going to end, and this crazy program and the games and the snacks, all that stuff, it's going to end one day. What remains is you and how you interact with the kids. And yes, it's going to be a fun program. I have no doubt in my mind that it's going to be fun. It's going to be good. They're going to learn stuff. It's going to be fantastic. But here's the truth. What people will remember is how you treated them. That's what they're going to remember. They're going to remember, yeah, it was really cool. But that one, that one teenager, I don't even know him, but he was so nice to me. He like made sure I was taken care of. And what the parent, their parents are going to remember is how you loved on their kids. All this stuff is great and fantastic. And it's an initial, it's initial first impression. But we'll, what will last is how we love people and also your passion as you serve. Like when people see you guys up front doing the hand motions and big smiling faces and just acting crazy, that's what they're going to These kids are passionate about this church, man. And they're passionate about my kids. That's what's going to last. So during this week, if you are a leader or a volunteer, yes, do your best, but serve passionately and love on the kids who are here. And my final group of people, and I don't usually preach to these people, but it's the kids. If you're a kid in this room, and you're listening, and you're going to be at VBS, here's the thing. You are the most important group in this. The children. And so, I don't know if the kids are listening, but parents of those children, listen up, all right? Your kids are the most important part in the ministry of Vacation Bible School. Why? Because all those kids, those 40 kids, or those 26 kids, they will expect the pastors and the leaders to be nice. They expect that from us. Right? Who's not going to expect that? But if the children are the ones who are loving and caring for the other children, that will blow people away. Those kids that don't even know my kids, they were so friendly to them. They invited them and included them to play the games. My kids made friends this week. Even though we're different, that will blow people's minds. So our children who are attending, you guys are the most important part of Vacation Bible School. in the way that you love and, and invite people to become friends. And so I have just two pieces of advice for, for people who are attending VBS, who are especially a part of this church. Two words, and they start with both start with the letter I for the kids. This is my challenge. Invite and include. This is what you do during VBS. Invite and include, invite and include, invite and include. Parents, tell your kids, when you go to VBS and you see kids that you don't know, invite and include, invite and include, invite and include. Invite them to hang out with you. Include them in your games. Invite them to sit, out, sit with you during snack and during lunch. Include them when you go out to play in the playground. Make sure that they, that they know where to go. Invite and include. This will send an amazing message to the people who come. This is how we can love like Jesus loved. Because Jesus loved people who were different than him. And there is no one on this planet that is more different than you than you are from Jesus. And he loved you. And he died for you. And he is for you every single day. That's next level, that's advanced teaching. So learn all the basic stuff. But the apostle who wrote the book of Hebrews, man, he says, let's move on. Let's not be babies anymore and just focusing on our concepts and theology. Let's love people. And yeah, this is, in the end, it is just another love sermon. But today, tomorrow, next week, we have the opportunity to make this a reality. So that's my challenge for you guys. Adults and people who are not attending, what are you going to do? Encourage and pray. Leaders and volunteers, serve passionately and love the kids. And kids, include and invite. That's what we're doing this week. And if we do it, God is going to move in ways that are going to blow our minds, guys. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you, Lord, for this message. I don't know about everyone here in this room, but... I don't want to be basic anymore, God. I don't want to be spiritually basic. I don't want to be a spiritual baby. Lord, you've shown us where to go. It's time, Father, for our, our faith and our understanding of spiritual matters, of biblical concept, to turn into something we can touch and feel and see. Lord, Father, in this next week for Vacation Bible School, I pray for your power to be revealed and that the power would be revealed not through miraculous signs, but through miraculous love. Shown to people who we don't know who are different. Father, I believe you. I Believe what you put on my heart, Lord. Father, I pray, God, for our church and our community and those who are coming to our Vacation Bible School program. That they would see the love of God every single day they attend. Thank you so much, God, for challenging us in this way. Thank you for making us uncomfortable. And thank you for showing us, God, where you have called us to go. Lord, put in mind our minds people to love, people to care for, people to invite, people to include. In your name we pray. Amen.